This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. Guardians Fancast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardian Fancast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFanCast.com. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the upcoming Guardians schedule for the month of May and the intriguing storylines that I'm interested in following through the month ahead. So we are coming up on a series that's hopefully going to happen with the San Diego Padres. Looks like we have a little bit of an issue possibly with weather, so we might have a double header on Wednesday and not a game today. We'll have to see how it goes. Always disappointing to have two off days in a row in the middle of a Major League Baseball season, but that's kind of the way things look like they might be going right now, but we'll hold out hope. So starting off with the Padres, that should be an interesting series because of all the former Padres players who are on the Guardians, and then Mike Clevenger is going to pitch for the Padres against the Guardians for his first time since he was hurt. Um, So that'll be exciting to see him get to pitch and kind of fun there. But honestly, not a huge series as far as implications for the division and trying to chase a potential wild card spot at some point. I'm just saying, you know, of course, those are goals the team's headed towards, not necessarily things I'm predicting that they're going to get. After the Padres, we'll have a four-game series against the Blue Jays, so that'll be a pretty interesting series to kind of see how the Guardians match up with a really good team from the American League, and we know they've kind of struggled against good teams so far, but hopefully get the Blue Jays at home and have a good sense of where they are. I find that series to be moderately important, good measuring stick of where the team is at that point. Then you get to some pretty important series, a three-game series at Chicago against the White Sox, a three-game series against the Twins in Minnesota. Those six games will tell us a lot about who this team is right now and where they're headed. Got another two-game series against the Reds. Hopefully sweep that again. And then a three-game series for the first time this season against the Tigers. Uh, As you might know, I've been predicting that the Tigers and Guardians would probably go back and forth for that second and third spot. Looks like the Twins might be in the mix there. Their pitching is really doing well right now. Not sure how sustainable that is, but they look pretty good right now. And then there's a three-game series at Houston against the Astros. And then a three-game series at Detroit. A four-game series at Detroit. I'm sorry. So that'll be a good stretch there with the Tigers at home, the Astros in Houston, the Tigers in Detroit. And then two games against the Royals to end the month back in Cleveland. So it's a pretty interesting month, the month of May. Uh, All American League teams except for four games against the Padres and the Reds, so two against the Padres and two against the Reds. The rest of the games in the American League, most of the other games in the division, give us a good sense of who this team is, and hopefully they have a good month. As I always say, by Memorial Day, you have a pretty good, you know, kind of glimpse at who the team is. This year, maybe push it a little bit farther because the season started off slower. Maybe push it into that first week of June, then kind of draw some basic general conclusions. I'm going to give you some intriguing storylines I'm interested in watching. So these are 10 
uh, storylines I'm kind of watching as things go forward. Number 10, will four of the Guardians starting pitchers gain some velocity? So Bieber, Savali, Polisak, um, they are all, right, and Quantrill right now, are all lacking a little velocity. Quantrill not so much, but the other three lacking about a mile or two miles an hour on their uh, fastball or any pitch they throw hard. So I, the fact that all of them are experiencing it makes me think it's kind of working through things, spring training, a little bit of dead arm going on, and they should be able to figure it out. Hopefully it's not Ruben Niebla magic dust that he used to sprinkle on the lost velocity because he's with San Diego now. Well, yeah, Ruben Niebla's coming back to town. So that'll be kind of interesting to see if it, they gain some velocity. You know, Bieber's pitching amazing. But he's almost unhittable when he's got that 93, 94-mile-an-hour fastball to go with uh, his off-speed stuff. Saw that his knuckle curve is one of the hardest pitches to hit in baseball still this season, so that's good to see. He's making that work for him, but hopefully he gains some velocity as things go on. Same thing for Plesak and Savali. Savali really seems to be struggling with not being able to get his stuff going the way it needs to, so hopefully he will to go along with that. Number nine, will Eli Morgan be a reliever or a starter? Interesting that they're kind of using him as a reliever, and I wonder if they're saying, hey, this is where we really think that he's probably best used with that changeup that he has to kind of limit the amount the other teams see him with that changeup. But I also wouldn't be surprised if today when we hear kind of roster moves, if he would go down to Columbus to get stretched out as a starter again because they might want to have him as backup for a starter in case a starter gets hurt. I'm kind of interested to see how that develops and also how they handle other guys like Pilkington and Battenfield and Myers as they try to keep some good starters in reserve for in case something happens with some of our top guys. Hopefully nothing does. Number eight, can Sam Hinches keep up his excellent start? So Sam Hinches has been great out of the bullpen. Can he keep that up? That would be amazing if he's figured something out as a big left-hander coming out of the bullpen, throwing hard. Last season's stuff didn't look at all good, but this season's looking pretty great, so hopefully he can continue that. Number seven, continue to figure out who Owen Miller is. Obviously had a great month of May, hitting the ball every time the ball's around him, taking his walks. Can't quite figure out where he fits defensively best, so will he get some more time at second base? And can he continue the way he's been hitting? Just, you know, see the ball, hit the ball, and be a doubles machine. Led the league in doubles for for April. So hopefully that will continue. But it'll be interesting to follow. To go along with that, uh, who is Andres Jimenez? And what do you do with Ahmed Rosario? I put those two things together at number six on my list because the two things are so intimately connected. Jimenez is a great shortstop. Rosario is at best below average as a shortstop. Will they put Ahmed back in left field and let Quan play right field? Will they make Ahmed more of a bench piece? Is Ahmed going to continue to play short while the team tries to audition the trade for him? I suspect that Ahmed Rosario is going to start hitting soon. Um, hopefully he gets this wrist soreness that's going on with him figured out. And I think he'll probably start hitting again, but still He's basically a league average bat. He's not necessarily somebody that you are desperate to get in your lineup every day. 
And he's especially good against left-handed pitching, so it would be kind of nice if he could maybe start against left-handers in left field and let Quan go to right field. Uh, that's what I'd like to see, but we'll see how the team handles him. Andres Jimenez has been absolutely dominant over the past couple weeks. I just hope they can continue to play him every day. Don't rest him against left-handers. Just let him get out there and play every day. Let him show what he's capable of. Let him make it a problem and figure out where you're going to put all these great shortstops that you have in the minors. Number five, can Tristan McKenzie keep it up? McKenzie is the only starter I didn't mention before because his velocity is actually up. His average velocity is up from where it was last year. In this past game, he went six and a third innings, so he's going a little bit deeper in games, maintaining his stuff, keeping his control. I mean, if he can keep this up, and if he can gain some velocity, that's a dominant pitcher. That's a pitcher who's got the ceiling of being an elite starter, an ace. So two aces in the rotation, I mean, that would be incredible. So really keeping my eye on that. Number four, can Jose Ramirez keep up the AL MVP race? He just won the AL Player of the Month. So can he be the American League MVP? Can he keep up that pace that he's at right now? Or, you know, something close to it? I wouldn't bet against him. Number three, can Stephen Kwan keep up the American League Rookie of the Year pace? He was the Rookie of the Month for April. Can he continue that? Can he continue taking his walks, getting his doubles, getting the bat to the ball? I'm excited to figure it out, and everybody loves watching him play. I wanted to mention, Mike Cattery wrote a great article for Everybody Hates Cleveland about Jose Ramirez. I'll put a link to it in the description of this episode and on Twitter. You can kind of see how the Guardians are lining up to make a run in 23 through 20, 2023 through 2025 with the way they structured Jose's extension and Jose wanting to stay here, wanting to be part of a World Series run. Saw a quote from him uh, yesterday where he said he, his goals are to win an MVP and win a World Series, but everything takes second place to winning a World Series in Cleveland. Man, you can't argue with that kind of player. Number two, will Fran Mil Reyes figure it out? So I put this number two because I am confident he will. He's in a bad slump. There's no way around it, and he's got some work to do to get out of it, but I'm confident that he will, and then our lineup's going to look pretty great when he does. It's just a question of how best that's going to happen for him, and I think it's going to be partially him grinding out, partially him taking some games off if he starts to get slumping or things start to get bad, if he just can't shake out of it. And so we'll just have to follow along and see, but certainly... Everybody who is upset about him enough for they're talking about cutting him or trading him or benching him for good, it's just crazy. He's going to figure it out. He's a good hitter. He just needs to get out of his own head and back to hitting the ball. And number one for me is Josh Naylor, the middle-of-the-order hitter he's looked like so far. The reason I put this number one is because I'm pretty confident about who Andres Jimenez is, who Owen Miller is. I think he's a solid second-base choice. Confident about Stephen Kwan and what he's capable of. And, of course, Jose Ramirez I'm confident about. Also confident about Fran Reyes. But for me, the biggest thing that would just be so amazing if the team could figure it out is if Josh Naylor really is the middle-of-the-order hitter he looks like he is so far. If you can pencil him in at first base, then the rest of the questions about this team become a lot easier to answer with George Valera coming up to play right field and Richie Palacios also around to help out and maybe be a kind of a fourth outfielder. Um, maybe even have him play left and Quan play right. And 
Um, you just, a lot of answers start to fall into place if Josh Naylor is the answer at first base. So I'm excited to see how his run continues through the month of May. Wanted to end today with a little segment. I have this book that is called The Indians Journal by John Snyder, and he kind of goes through each year of the Cleveland baseball team. And he gives something for a bunch of different days. So today for May 3rd in 1953, Mudcat Grant, oh, sorry, 1959, Mudcat Grant, who if you've listened to radio broadcasts, Mudcat used to appear fairly regularly about once a year on the Guardians broadcast. He pitched a two-hitter to defeat the Senators 5-0 in the first game of a doubleheader at Municipal Stadium. The only Washington hits were a double by Julio Bacur in the first inning and a single by Bob Allison in the third. The Senators won the second tilt 3-1. An action-packed brawl marred the first game. In the seventh inning, Pedro Ramos threw a high inside pitch to Jimmy Pearsall, who started for the mound, setting off a general melee as players from both dugouts rushed onto the field. The umpire stepped between Pearsall and Ramos. Peace seemed to be restored when Joe Gordon and Ramos had words. The Senator's hurler threw a punch at the Guardian's manager with the ball still in his hand. Pierce Hall rushed in and threw a punch at Ramos that accidentally struck Washington's Julio Bacur. A mob of Senators immediately went after Pierce Hall. The battle spread into individual fights all over the field. Several players on both clubs needed medical attention for spike wounds. So if you think the game's interesting now... Imagine back in the day when after a fight that apparently spread throughout the field through little individual fights happening would be accompanied by multiple spike wounds to players. I'm glad those days are behind us, but I have to admit I'd love to have the video footage of that. What you can do is go online and find some interviews with Mudcat Grant. I'll put up a link to some of those that maybe you want to check out. Man, he's just a fascinating player with some fascinating stories. And uh, pretty cool that he played for the Cleveland baseball franchise. And we can have some of those memories. So I hope you enjoy that segment. And we'll continue to kind of remind you of what happened on this day in other years throughout Cleveland baseball history. As we head into the month of May for 2022, what will it hold? Will the Guardians show that they belong in the thick of things in the AL Central? Or will it be full of some ups and downs and bumps and bruises? We'll see how things go. I think the most ex some of the, one of the most exciting things to come out of the month of April was definitely Trevor Steffen looking like an absolutely dominant arm at the back end of the bullpen. I know I was a big believer in Steffen last offseason saying, hey, we need to make sure that we give this guy some opportunity to pitch. And he's looked like he's the equal of Emmanuel Classe. And the great thing is that Tito sees him that way and has been using him to put out fires any chance he gets. Also, shout out to Brian Shaw, who just continues to find a way to get people out. And uh, all props to him. And I'm sure he's a great influence on everybody in that bullpen, helping them approach things. And I know Anthony Ghost mentioned how much Shaw's been helping him. So, hey, I didn't get it, but <laughs> spending that much money for him. But I'm sure that he is giving him e the team everything that he possibly can. So good on you, Brian Shaw. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.